Have you even thought about how many habits you have and how the results of your life can be changed by just a few or more? In today's episode, we're going to cover mindset. 93 to 97% of a person's life are habits, meaning that 93 to 97% of their thoughts are habits. This is Tony Child. It's just habitual thinking, um, and they've never thought anything different. And so if you want to develop a new thought pattern, you need to have habits of how those thoughts get developed over time um, and developing them into different habit patterns. Tony is the founder of Elevated Worldwide, which focuses on improving how executive founders and business owners see and think about life to create success on purpose. Tony has collaborated with famous authors like John Maxwell and Bob Proctor. He has also become a mentor to executives, high-performing entrepreneurs, and Olympic athletes. And in addition to that, he has also published a book. The, the immense knowledge that he's having related with mindset backed by science He's going to all share that awesome details with us in today's episode. I'm hoping for the best. I'm going to try the best possible questions so that he can answer with the best possible answers. So if you want to learn a ton about mindset, if you want to shift your mindset for positivity, if you want to shift your mindset for success, this is going to be the episode for you. In order to sweeten this episode a little more, I have an exciting offer for you. If you are a marketer, sales professional, and you build landing pages for your business, I have an offer for you from Unbounce. Unbounce is the world's leading landing page software app. You can build your landing pages by doing drag and drop, and you can get 20% off for your first three months or 20% off for a full year if you click on a link in this podcast episode description. Open the description, click on the link, and get you 20% off. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast a lot. I've been enjoying this journey so far, reading your comments, reading your messages, reading your emails, getting podcasts, guest requests. Thank you so much for doing all that. I never expected that I'm going to get this, this much amount of love from this podcast. Thank you so much for doing that. If you haven't got a chance to go to starting to know, go to starting to know.com. That is the evolution of this podcast. So starting to know.com is a magazine. You can name it as a blog. It's having in-depth detailed topic explanation related with business, podcasting, marketing, sales, etc. So if you want to get little bit more value, or I would say a ton of value, then go to startingtoknow.com and you can learn more about in-depth business-related topics. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Tony to the show. Hi, Tony. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, my pleasure to have you here. Before we start sailing, and first and foremost question, what is Elevated Worldwide? So Elevated Worldwide is a company on positive psychology, um, just really based on quantum physics, quantum leaps, you know, how we go from one area of life to something completely impossible or seemingly impossible in the shortest amount of time. So um, we have uh, a lot of science behind our processes we put people through and the habits we help people develop uh, to be able to make the quantum leaps in life that they want to make. I was really curious to ask you this question, like, why do we think the way we think? So the reason why most people think the way they think is because it's generational thinking. Um, I love a quote by, I think it was Bill Gove that said this quote. He said that 2% think, 3% think they think, and 95% would rather die than think. And the reason why is because they don't 
they've always thought what's been taught to them. So what's been taught to them in schools, what's been taught to them by their, you know, ancestors, what's been taught to them by generational thinking, um, that if you really look at a person, very rarely do they have an original thought that I thought that I didn't get taught that that wasn't something that was brought up in me. Um, that is something completely outside of my normal way of thinking. Um, and most people, they don't think that way. They just think generationally. So usually thoughts come from generational um, thought patterns of what your parents taught you and then what their parents taught them and what their parents parents taught them so mm-hmm. it's usually generational thinking that that happens in in people's lives mm-hmm. and basically that shapes the mindset yeah yeah i i mean and it also shapes behavior you know there's a cute little story of a couple that gets married and and uh the wife wants to cook a ham and she cook she cuts off the side of the ham and puts it in a pan and puts it in the oven and the husband comes over and says you know hey wife why did you why did you cut off the side of the ham she said oh cuz cuz grandma or mom always d- did that and and so she, he went to mom and he asked mother-in-law like hey your your daughter she cuts off the edge of the ham why does she do that she says that you do it and and mom says yeah cuz grandma always did it And then they go to grandma and they ask grandma like, Hey, why'd you do this? And and it's same answer. Cause great grandma used to do it. Well, great grandma was alive and they went to the rest home and they asked great grandma, like, why do you do this? Why did you cut off the edge of the ham? And her answer was, cause it didn't fit in the oven. That was it. <laughs> didn't fit in the oven. And for four generations, they were cutting off the edge of a ham because they didn't know any better. They just kept doing it. And uh, so it's, what are those, you know, moments in our lives that we just have always done it that way. We've always thought of it that way. We've always believed that about ourselves or about what we're what is possible for ourselves and and uh you know most of that 90 plus percent of that is generational thoughts. Mm-hmm. But still if I'm not wrong beliefs are also part of mindset. Beliefs are how you perceive different things that come on your way. Am I right? Yeah, a belief is just a thought you keep on thinking. It's mm-hmm. a habitual thought now. It, a belief is not now conscious it's subconscious and you are your beliefs you will you will see what you believe you will act in the way you believe you will achieve what you believe like your beliefs are habitual thoughts they're thoughts that you keep on thinking that once they become habitual you have to analyze them and say why why do i think that so you have to become aware uh, and awareness is the key when it comes to mindset is how do i become more and more aware do habits have any role in changing beliefs Oh yes. Yes. 93 to 97% of a person's life are habits, meaning that 93 to 97% of their thoughts are habits. It's just habitual thinking. Um and they've never thought anything different. And so if you want to develop a new thought pattern, you need to have habits of how those thoughts get developed over time um and developing them into different habit patterns. Mhm. Is it the micro habit or the macro one? Uh both. both you've got to have macro habits and micro habits you got to have both of them um the the micro habits are the the things that you do on a day-to-day basis a minute-to-minute basis and then the mac- macro habits are you know what are what are the habits that control most of my life macro habits i would say are more belief driven and and micro habits are how those beliefs are now impacting a person on their day-to-day basis you know what they do from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed to the time they do wake up and the time they do go to bed mm-hmm. all of those are micro habits that are that are developed on a more, more macro scale of what a person believes which are that's mm-hmm. what dictates what a person's yeah. habits would be 
Mm-hmm. What habits would you recommend that can help in changing beliefs for good? So the the vast majority of people I have found in the research now over the last 25 years that I've done research on, the vast majority of people have a habit of seeing life through a lens of not enough, meaning they see life through a lens that they don't have enough money in their bank account, enough love in their life, enough time in their calendar, enough resources at their job. They just literally see life through this lens of not enough. And the reason why is because they look in the mirror and they see someone who's not intelligent enough or smart enough or pretty enough, skinny enough, brave enough, loud enough, charismatic enough, whatever it is. It's it's this perpetual belief that there's not enough and that they're not enough. So one of the most important habits that a person can develop in their lifetime of switching their lens from not enough to always enough is a is a consistent habit of gratitude of practicing and getting into a grateful space every single morning, every single day. Um, It is impossible to see a lens or a world of not enough while you see life through a lens of gratitude. It's impossible. You can't see a a life of not enough if you're grateful. And, uh, And so when you're consistently practicing this habit of gratitude, uh, then, then you'll start to change that lens. And all of a sudden you'll start seeing a life of, wow, there's, there's always enough. I have more than enough money in my bank account, or I have more than enough resources at my job. And you'll, you'll find yourself looking in the mirror and seeing someone who is enough, who is smart enough and talented enough and courageous enough. And it's at that moment that a person can make a drastic change in their life. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge what, what do you have and basically be thankful for that? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how successful people think, like, w- why does it matter? Because I think there's this lot of social media content out there, like, that has different meaning for successes. And how successful people think it has become, like, most important things in the in the recent days. Why does it matter? Just because they are successful? Like, they might have naturally done something which resulted in success. Do we have to follow their st- footsteps necessarily? And can there be any individual success plans? Because um, I'm asking you a deep-rooted question. It is basically my personal question. Like It was always bugging me. Why do we have to follow someone else's plan? Because it was success for them? So, no. Um, how a person thinks will determine the success that they achieve in life. Period. If you think in terms of lack, in terms of this idea that there's not enough, or you think in terms of that you're not you know, brave enough to do something or courageous enough, you've got self-limiting beliefs, then you will hit what you believe. You Those are the achievements you'll achieve in life. So if you study any successful person, they think differently. They think differently about themselves. They think differently about the problems that are in front of them. There's always a solution to the problem. They, they think of success and failure differently. Now, here's what, again, the the vast majority of people on this planet, they see life through a lens of not enough. That's number one. And number two is that they, they don't trust themselves. They don't mm-hmm. trust that the answers are actually within themselves. So they'll ask everyone else what they think instead of going within and trying to figure out, well, what is it that I think? And, uh, you know, one of the main questions that you'll know if a person really struggles with self-confidence or self-worth is they'll ask other people, what do you think? Hey, what do you think I should do about this? Or what do you think I should have this morning? Or what do you think I should do about this business? And they're constantly asking what other people think 
But you'll notice that highly successful people, they don't ask that question because they, they just trust what they think. They just trust what they think within. They get an idea and they just go act on the idea. They don't need permission. They don't need to ask anybody else what that person thinks of an idea that they received. So most people, they'll determine your future potential off of their past experience. They're going to give you an answer when you ask them what they think based on their history, their beliefs, their what they know to be true in their life. They don't know about your potential. They don't know about your courage, uh, levels of courage or your uh, t- risk tolerance. They don't know about any of that. So it's it's the ability to go within and trust that like if I get an impression, if I get a nudge, if I get an impulse to go do something, to just trust it and to go. Mm-hmm. And most people, they don't trust themselves. And so they doubt themselves. And then they'll ask other people what they think. And then other people, because they're pessimistic, they'll tell them, well, no, you shouldn't do that because of X, Y, or Z. So they stay stuck. They stay stuck in their life and they wonder why they're not successful. Successful people trust themselves. That's what I would say. And we need to think in those terms of, do I trust myself? Mm-hmm. Like As you said, like believe in yourself. If you have any doubt, you can test the idea from the market. I'm, I'm talking more so off in relation to business right now. Like if you or someone is trying to launch an idea and test the market, not test the idea via a single person who you think is going to is gonna give you the right advice. Maybe the advice is right according to that person, but might not, not be the right one for you. Is it right? So I, I'm not saying to, to go to just go oblivious into business and into yeah. life and try everything that you that you get an impression on. What I am saying is, you know, trust that the right people will come into your sphere of influence at the right times that will give you the answers that you need at those moments if you're willing to try, if you're willing mm. to try things. The problem with most people is they're not willing to try. And the reason why is because of their definition of failure and success. So most people's definition of success is I achieved a desired outcome. I got what I wanted. Um, And so I have success in business. If I achieved a specific dollar amount or a specific sales number, I I succeeded in school if I got good grades. Most people by definition, if that's their definition of success, their definition of failure is I didn't get what I expected. I didn't get the grades that I expected. I didn't get the win I expected. I didn't get the things that I had expected. So therefore I failed. And those two definitions will cripple people because if you're truly going to go after things you've never done before, you will have to try things you've never done before. And you will have to try again and again and again. But every time you try, you'll get a new way of doing it. You'll figure stuff out that you didn't know the try before. And most people, they're unwilling to try because of their definition of failure. That if I try once and I didn't do it as expected, therefore I failed. And my definition of success and failure is very simple. Success is I'm progressing towards a dream. That's my definition of success. And failure is I didn't try. That's it. Simple. It's simple. If I'm progressing towards a dream and I'm trying and I tried something and didn't go as expected, but I tried and I learned, I progressed. I got closer to my dream. And so um, if, if we can just switch people's mindset from outcome to simply not trying, then then their whole world will change. And it's so it's not just I'm going to get the idea. It's I'm going to get the idea and I'm going to try something. Even if it doesn't work, at least I learned something that I can try next time. And I'll try again and I'll try again and I'll try again. Heck, Thomas Edison tried tried 10,000 different ways to get Mm -hmm. us a light bulb. And Mm -hmm. when asked, 
you know, if he fell 10,000 times, he told the reporters, like, I didn't fell 10,000 times. He said, I found 9,999 ways how to not build a light bulb. I didn't fell 10,000 times, though. That's that. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about success and failure is it's my willingness to reframe my definitions around those and keep trying and not stop. Mm-hmm. If I may ask, are hustle and grind part of your success mindset dictionary? No, I think hustle and grind is way overrated, way mm. overrated. However, if that's what you believe, then that's what will have to take place. So people, I believe, inherently make life a lot harder than it has to be. And the reason why is because from the time that we're three years old, four years old, five years old, when we wanted something, we would go to mom and dad and we were asked for that thing. And they would tell us, oh, son, you got to work hard for that. We just can't get that for you. You got to work hard for money. You got to work hard for those things that you want in life. And so from three years old, I started to develop a belief that if I want something in life, it's hard to get. I got to work hard for it. And if that's my belief, when things are easy... I will make them hard. I will say, this is too easy. It can't be this easy. So I'll find ways to make it hard because of my belief. And so what I would just share with people is like, you're, it's a, life is as hard as you believe it to be. And if you believe that life is easy and simple and in flow, then results can be life. I mean, results can be easy and simple and in flow. That's the way I built my life is life is easy. The question I'm always asking myself after I do a workshop or a seminar or speak to 10,000 people is I always ask myself, is there an easier way of doing this? Was there an easier path to what I just did? Is there an easier speech I could give? Can I make this easier for people? I'm mm-hmm. always looking for the easy way, not the hard way. So basically you're just trying to improve and not trying to make it difficult for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, because I believe that life can be easy, not hard. That's hmm. the belief that I show about life is, no, life's easy. And and if it's hard, it's because I made it hard. That's why it's hard. At the very beginning, we you, you touched on the point of time. Uh, like it's going to be most of the data that you have is is backed by science. So I would like to ask you, like, that's out of my curiosity. How much time does it take to start seeing positive results if someone is or someone wants to change their belief? Or mindset. Yeah, so it it depends. It depends on how deep the belief is, you know, and it depends on how susceptible I am to a different way of believing. For some people, a belief can take, you know, a matter of moments to change. But for other people, the, the belief is so ingrained in them, it can take eight months to a year to change the belief. I don't know if there's any belief that could take more than 12 months to change, though. In my research that I've done, you know, we've we've gone through some pretty dark beliefs for people that were really, really deep. And, and it's never taken more than, you know, eight months to a year to change that belief completely. Um, Mm. it just does take time though. Tony, like what is the process? So how do you go through it? Trying to understand here. So you said changing the beliefs. And I also asked you the question, like, can beliefs be changed? So you mentioned like it takes eight to 12 months. How do you see like from your lens, if someone is coming with their problems, so you see, this is a problem. Uh, from your lens or is there some other supportive evidence or like yeah. ba- science that really simple look at a person's results and look and listen to their words that's how you'll mm-hmm. be able to determine what they believe so in coaching coaching is really really simple i just watch a person's results and i listen to their words because your behaviors will produce your results and mm-hmm. your words will produce your behaviors or the attitude in your behaviors 
And so a person's words will totally show me what they believe is possible. Um, if, if I ask somebody like, you know, how old are you? And they say, I'm 56 years old. And I, I, you know, I don't know how much more I can do in my lifetime. It's like, okay, there's, there's a limit there. The energy with which they said it, I'm 56 years old. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking of retiring. Like their beliefs are really, really low. You look at another 56 year old and you ask them, Hey, how old are you? And they say, I'm 56 years young, my friend. I'm just starting life. Hmm. Do you notice the difference? It's a massive yeah, difference. Yeah. It's their words. Then you tell them like if if someone is not coming with a positive energy or there's some lack of, I would say, enthusiasm. So then you're gonna tell the person to basically start thinking in this way, shift your energy. No, no, there's a, there's a whole process to changing a whole process. It's, it's been developed over the last, you know, few decades and in neuroscience, positive psychology, um, there's a whole process to, to changing a person's beliefs and behaviors and thought patterns, um, neuroscience. Like I, I do a lot of the neuroscience world of, you know, how do I change neural pathways of a, of a brain? How do I change somebody that's so rigid in their thinking that this is the only thing they can do to even see a possibility of something different and something greater for their life? Uh, and so there's a whole process to change everything from repetition to strong emotional impact to one-on-one coaching to small group coaching to awareness exercises. Like there's a whole gamut of things that people need to do in order to truly change their life. And and what I've done with Elevated is I just put it into a process. I said, start here. When you're done with that, then come here. And when you're done with those two things, I'll take you over here. And, and so I don't, people don't have to guess. I just tell them what to do. I tell them what to listen to. I tell them what to read out loud. I tell them what questions to answer. Um, and all of it is to change neural pathways in the brain. And once they change neural pathways in the brain, then they're going to start changing their behaviors. Once their behaviors start changing, their results will start matching that. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is how people can go from, you know, earning a hundred thousand dollars a year to 10 million a year in not very much amount of time. It's because they changed systematically and cellularly what they believe about life. And and it's on a cellular level that we want to get to with people. Mm -hmm. Is there any quick win that someone can see maybe gaining confidence in real you maybe like as you as you initially said leaders don't ask for permissions that can be a lack of confidence what do you think any any tip for a quick win to see yeah my so so one of the greatest science um discoveries i found is something called the five second rule and mel robbins she's the one that studied this for a long time and she wrote a whole book about it. it's called the five second rule And that is you have five seconds from the time that you get an impression to go do something before, if you don't act before you'll start to rationalize it away of why it's a stupid idea or why it it wouldn't work for you. And so, um, I would just tell people act within five seconds on your idea and just watch what happens. So let's say in your bar and you're thinking to yourself, man, I want to go talk to that girl. I wonder if she's, I wonder if she's available. You have five seconds to, to walk over to the bar and ask like, Hey, are you, are you, can I buy you a beer? Are you, are you available? Like you have five seconds. And after five seconds, your brain will tell you how much of an idiot you are, how like that they're (laughs) married, that you're, you're so stupid for even thinking that like you have five seconds to act before your brain will kick in and give you all the reasons why that was the stupidest thought on the planet. And so my, my advice for anybody is when you get any idea say five, four, three, two, one, and then go and go do it. Go act on it. Go walk across the room. Like go, 
email the person that you said, I, I don't know if I'm going to email. Go apply for the job that you think you can't get. Go just five, four, three, two, one, go do it. If, if you have trouble waking up in the morning and your eyes wake up and it's like, okay, I have a decision between waking up and sitting or hitting my alarm clock, say five, four, three, two, one. And the moment you hit one, lift your head off the pillow and get up. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how much courage can be developed and how much confidence can be developed when you're willing to just act within five seconds before your brain can kick in and tell you how awful that idea was. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens, happens after that. Basically, like our brains, I think, starts calculating the results. If I'm going to do this, this might happen or this is going to happen. I think that's a stopping point for many people, maybe in some cases, including me. Yeah. And it's, it's again, it, your, your brain is there to keep you at homeostasis. So your brain hates getting out of homeostasis, like absolutely hates it. If you were to fold your arms and then I were to tell you to fold your arms the opposite way, your brain would be kicking and screaming at you to go back to the, to the way that you normally fold your arms, which is either right over left arm or left over right arm. Hmm. And so if you fold your arms the opposite way, you will, you will feel the mechanism in your brain that's saying this stinks, go back. I hate this. And, uh, it's just, if, if you're going to go after the unfamiliar of life, meaning wherever you are right now, if you're listening to this podcast right now, Let's just add a number to any zero, to any number, add a zero to any number of your life, okay? If you want to make 10 times more income, take your annual income and add a zero to it. If you want to, you know, have 10 times more sales, take your sales number and add a zero to it. Like if you want to read 10 times more books, take your books that you read this last year and add a zero to it. Your brain, that's not familiar to you. That number is not familiar to you, so it will push back. Anytime you get out of familiarity, your brain will say, this isn't safe. I don't like this. Go back. Mm. And it's your awareness to say, I know you don't like this because this is not familiar to you. And I'm going to go forward anyway. We're safe. Your brain's there to keep you safe. Mm. And it thinks that anytime you get out of homeostasis, you're not safe. And what you have to teach your brain is, no, I'm safe. I'm just not familiar. And I want to have this be familiar. So I'm going to go out on that stage with 5,000 people. Because eventually I want to speak on stages with 200,000 people. But if I can't get to a stage with 2,000, how am I ever going to get to a stage with 200,000? And so it's your willingness to go out on the stage with 2,000 people and make that normal where you're out on stage in front of those people all the time. And then when you get called to get in front of 5,000, you should have the you should have the butterflies in your stomach to say, man, I'm in front of 5,000 now. And just make that normal where you're always in front of 5,000. And then and then that's now, that's your homeostasis now. That's just normal to you. But to somebody that's never spoken before, they'll freeze their butt off on stage. They won't say a word. They'll run off the stage. But we were all there at one point. And it's our willingness to to get out of our comfort zone, to get out of our familiar zone and get comfortable getting uncomfortable. That's That's the area of life where we really want to test and push ourselves. Beautifully said. I I really loved it. I, I was I was just laughing and the you you were talking about different things like two thousand five thousand people. Um, some of these things are my doubts as well. In some cases, not specifically with public speaking, but at least like uh the the way you explained how our mind thinks, it was beautifully explained. Thank you so much. And any final thoughts that uh you would like to share with the person who is listening to this episode right now? Yeah. The final thought I'd share with anybody listening to this episode is, you know, first of all, have the courage to be you. 
we've got enough of the people that you idolize in life. They, they, we've got enough of them on this planet. We need more of you. So find the courage to stop being everyone you think you should be and just start living into the person that you know you are. And, uh, and, and secondly, I just share that you're enough. You don't need to be, you don't need to have the certification. You don't need to have the degree. You don't need to have all the knowledge and all the education and all the experience. You just got to have courage to show up, courage to do something that no one else will do. And eventually you'll, you'll get to places no one else will get to. So, um, be you and, uh, know that you're enough. Awesome. Where can we learn more about you and your business? If someone wants to get in touch. Uh, yeah, they can just go to my website, tonychild.com. And uh, there you'll find a bunch of stuff about me on that on that website. Yeah, tonychild.com is the way to go. Thank you so much, Tony, for coming to the episode today. Thank you. Thanks a lot.